I hate following that stuff so much. That's at the end for now on. You knew Matt was having a good time because that leg went up like that. <laughs> oh, what a gifted group of people we have, amen? Yeah. We're really, we're, we really are blessed. We really are blessed. <laughs> well, let's get into some more prayer uh, as we enter in the word this morning. Lord, we thank you that even in the midst of tragedy, there can be joy. Uh, we thank you that you're good. Um, as we've been saying through VBS, you are good. No matter what, you are good. When change happens, you're good. When, when tragedy happens, you are good. When doubt happens, you are good. When fear happens, you're good. There's nothing that changes the goodness of who you are. Nothing. And we believe that. And we want to press into your goodness, the goodness of your spirit this morning. Or what do you want to say to us? Help us to have ears to hear and eyes to see and prepare our hearts to receive even when we don't feel like we're worthy to receive anything good. You're always wanting to and always are pouring your goodness over us and into us. So we receive it this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah, that was fun, huh? <laughs> Thank you all who uh, volunteered for Vacation Bible School this week or joined us in prayer. It was a wonderful experience. Uh, always is. And we see, we really get to see uh, firsthand what God is doing in our kids and in our volunteers and our people. It's just an amazing thing. So we want to continue to pray that all the seeds that were sown this week, God would continue to grow and that we would be aware of how we can walk alongside one another. That's very important. It's a family gig. So we need to continue to walk alongside what has been happening, what God has been doing in our kids and in our leaders and our parents. We cannot just wait for the next VBS. We got to sow into it now. So we want to continue to pray, ask the Lord who he's leading us to, who he wants us to walk with. Does this make sense? This is called body life. This is very important for us to continue to practice. So as you, uh, through the weeks, you hear more stories from VBS, it's an opportunity for you to pray and ask the Lord how you're to dig in and, and walk with people and maybe even disciple someone. Um, it's a cool opportunity that VBS affords us, not just the week itself, but everything that happens before and after is just as important. So I want to encourage us in that. Well, today we're going to continue into this journey on these one another statements that uh, we see in scripture. How many have been enjoying this process, this journey? Okay, that's good. <laughs> that's good. It's better than the alternative. Um, I'm glad you're enjoying it. How many are finding it challenging? Okay. How many get a little ooh, nervous to practice some of these things? Have, have any of you found that some of these things really kind of don't fit well on you because they're not your normal operating procedures? And that's not to say you're bad or anything like that, because I'm going to confess to some stuff today, because some of the stuff we're going to talk about today doesn't fit well on me until God gets a hold of my heart. Believe me. 
So some of these things that we hear are things that we need to practice. We can't assume that are just going to happen. We have to practice. And the way we do that, remember, we have to step in and yoke ourselves to Jesus because we can't do it on our own strength. None of these things that we can do on our own strength. We cannot forgive the way he forgives. We cannot bear with. We cannot build up. We cannot carry each other's burdens and carry our own without Jesus. We cannot do it. So anytime we have these kind of sermons or messages, they cannot be done just in the name of Jesus. They have to be exercised with him. Sometimes we think it's enough just, oh, I'm doing this in the name of Jesus. No, he wants to, he doesn't need you to just be his messenger. He's with you in it, in the message. He's partnering with you. He wants us to partner with him. And it's the same thing as we practice these things. So we want to continue to stay with him so that we can practice these things in a way that we can grow into them because we're growing in our relationship with Jesus. Does that sound good? Okay. Um, so this week, we're going we're gonna to hit Ephesians 4, uh, 32, one of Paul's epistles in Ephesians. And um, in chapter 4, he's really addressing the behavior of the church and unity within the church and how, again, we are to... Uh, <clears throat> treat one another, how we are to relationally interact with one another within the church. And it goes without saying, we want to treat people, all people the same way, but he's addressing the inner relationships within the church body. And so that makes it um, equally important because oftentimes we can take those relationships for granted. We can assume that when we walk into a church that people are going to be nice. We can assume they're going to be kind. We can assume they'll be forgiving and non-judgmental. And we can assume uh, they won't be critical. We can assume all these things, but we find the truth is a little different oftentimes. That I know in my life I can be really judgmental. And I can be cynical. Anyone with me in that? You can be a little judgmental and cynical in your own brain where no one else can go <laughs> unless you tell them where you're at. And then you don't want to tell them where you're at because you're ashamed of where you're at. It's that whole system of stuff. We deal with these things. And when we are engaging Jesus, it should transform the community of his body. We should look differently than what people sometimes experience that becomes a negative thing. This should be a safe place, and I'm not talking about the building. The people should become a safe place because Jesus is here because we are connected to him. And then transformation can really happen. And so Paul addresses not just in the Ephesians, in all his letters, in Romans, how we treat one another, how we live life and share life with Jesus and one another is of the utmost importance to Paul. Because we need to reflect who Jesus is. Because he gave himself to us, and we want to give to the world what he's given us. That's what we want to do. When we model love and kindness and forgiveness, we are giving to people what he has given to us. It's what we're doing. That's the best form of evangelism and discipleship you can do is to model the life of Jesus and invite people into that. So this morning we'll look at, at verse 32. I'm going to read uh, from 29, but we're going to camp in 32 here. So starting from verse 20, 29, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, 
that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit with whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. And here's where we're going to camp today. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ, in Christ, God forgave you. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another, just as Christ, in Christ, God forgave you. Okay. <laughs> kind and compassionate. That sounds wonderful. Doesn't that sound beautiful? Kind and compassionate. I've met people that are extremely kind, and it changes my day. Now, depending on how I am that day, depends on how I receive that kindness. Who's experienced that? Because sometimes that kindness can be inspiring, and you want to practice that. You want to live into that. And other days, that kindness can make you really feel bad about yourself and what you're not doing. It depends on how you're postured with Jesus that day. But kindness is of the utmost importance. And Paul is saying, look, I, want, I don't want you to do that. Here's the things I don't want you to do. The slandering, the, the unwholesome talk, all those, other th all those things towards one another. Don't do that. Instead, do this. Be kind, compassionate, and forgive. Now, here's what, here's what doesn't sit on me very well, sit very well in my spirit. I can step into kindness. Compassion. It's not always my go-to. I'm growing in that, but it's not always my go-to. And then forgiving, I can do that. I think I can do that, but I can think of someone in my life that I've tried for years and I just haven't gotten there yet, but I'm trying. So we can see that there are three big pieces here that work in concert with one another. These are not separate things. All these one another statements are meant no pun intended, or I guess pun intended, to work with one another. It is, there are things that embody the character of Jesus. This is what we experience when we encounter Jesus. These one another statements are not some days be kind, some days be compassionate. When we are walking in Jesus, what happens is these things come out. We will be kind, we will be compassionate, and we will be forgiving. Those are things that will flow out of our hearts because our hearts are connected with Jesus. And don't get me wrong, there are days that we are not really connected with his heart. Am I wrong? And these things don't flow out of us the way that they should. But when we look at the word, let's start with the word kindness here. And I love, I love the Greek language because it gives pictures. It gives pictures more than it gives definitions. And so the picture here for kindness, in English we would say something useful, being presenting yourself in a way towards someone that's you're, you're being useful to them in a very gentle way and the, what the greek is it's almost like uh furnishing something it's this sense that you're furnishing yourself and this person in a way that is beneficial that will speak life to them and it, it can be a very challenging thing because sometimes I don't know what's useful for this person. How many have experienced that? You go, I don't know what to do in this situation. And so we can take that and we can overthink it instead of 
understanding that kindness is also directly connected to gentleness and thoughtfulness. When you're thoughtful, when you are, and I, and I always connect thoughtfulness with intentional. I think those are two important things that go together. When someone is thoughtful towards you, what does it produce in your heart? Tell me. What? Gratitude? Joy? Is it useful? Yes. Does it produce something in you that was better than the moment before that happened, even if you were in a good mood? Yeah, it does. Because one, it shows you that you're seen. Someone sees you. Kindness is powerful because you don't have kindness without someone seeing you. And at our core, sin aside, we want to be seen. We want to be known because we're meant to be seen and known. God did not create us so that we could be hidden. We were created to be known so that we can have relationship. And so kindness is connected to this thoughtfulness of being seen. And then when people act in a way to your benefit from seeing you, man, does it bless you. There's this gentle thoughtfulness that really can transform your heart. How many have been in a dark place before and someone did something very kind? It wasn't huge on the spectrum of the universe, but it was for your universe. And it changed. It got you out of that pit. And it's something that we might overlook. It could be a smile. It could be, hey, I, and I've even had this. Someone said, I just want you to know I see you. <sighs> well, I mean, that doesn't seem huge. But it is for the one who feels unseen. And this, so these acts of kindness, it's not just about the act, it's a posture of learning with Jesus to see people. Let them know we see you through normal day things that are gentle and thoughtful, and it transforms something in you, okay? Is that clear? It's a very simple, I see you, and I'm being th thoughtful and gentle in how I express who I see. And that can be expressed in a variety of different ways as far as action. But the posture of seeing someone and being thoughtful and gentle in, in that exchange, game changer. Jesus was incredibly kind, incredibly gentle and tender, at the same time, incredibly powerful and strong. So he, he embodies that kind of kindness. And now you have the word compassion. Be compassionate to one another. That's hard for me because I'm a truth teller. I, 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 you know, the shortest distance between two points is what? Straight line. I don't like beating around the bush. Um, it burns too many mental calories. I don't want to do that. Let's get to it. We can be gentle about how we express that truth, but let's talk about it. And, and, and then it's, and I have this sometimes an unhealthy sense of justice. Don't touch the stove. Psh, touch the stove. Ow, it hurts. Well, too bad. Get over it. I told you not to do it. Now that's where my sinful side comes in and I just kind of go, Pfft. I have no compassion for you in that moment. If I'm being honest, I'm going to be honest here. In my mind, I'm going, you're an idiot. Why'd you do that? Model of compassion right here, folks. <laughs> Kindness and gentleness and thoughtfulness is gracing the stage as we speak. No. I mean, really cynical. 
I, I can be really cynical. I, 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 can, I can lose myself in the practical and case in point, um, my family and I, Shan and I did a garage sale this weekend. And this will come up a few times this morning. <laughs> Never want to do one ever again. Ever. <laughs> and I, we priced everything really cheap. No problem. And this is a perfect example of what I'm talking about. This, um, this, this woman comes up and she lays out some of our kids' stuff, which is nice stuff. I could probably sell it on eBay for way more than what we were charging. And that's what I'm thinking in my mind. I'm like, why am I sitting on here? I just put this stuff on eBay, get way more money. But she puts out this fleece. It's a thick one, okay? It's meant for the winter time. Maybe to put under your jacket. I know how much that thing is worth because I looked. And we had a dollar written on it. And I'm going, this is a good price. She looks at me. She says, can I get this for 50 cents? So I'm like, okay, I'm about to hear the reason. And this is where my compassion, kindness, thoughtfulness, gentleness, self-control, the whole fruit of the spirit goes out the window. Patience, gone. I go, okay. She goes, because it's thick. Say that again? She goes, well, it's thick. I'm like, well, it's a fleece. <laughs> but it's thick. Can I get it for 50 cents? <laughs> right? Am I the only one that doesn't make sense? I don't know what you're talking about. And in my mind, believe me, there's colorful thoughts happening. And in the, in the, you know, maybe, you know, she was trying, she had kids there, she had, you know, grandkids there, a daughter there. So my compassion came later, 24 hours later. I, well, maybe she was just a little discombobulated. She was trying to manage a lot of stuff. There's a lot of chaos. My kids are begging her to buy cookies and lemonade, and she's trying to do math. So I'm just going to chalk it up to overwhelmed because if I let myself, go, this was an intentional statement because she really believes the thick fleece is too thick, and that means a discount from a dollar to 50 cents. My compassion goes out the window. My kindness goes out the window. Guess what's replaced? Cynicism, judgment, all of these other things. Because I'll tell you, in that moment, my practicality took over, and my, my, lo my logical brain took over, and my connection with Jesus started to kind of go this way. So there are moments that we have where st stuff doesn't sit well. And even in a simple situation, my kindness and compassion were absent. See, these things are not kindness, compassion, forgiveness are not about newsworthy events in your life. They're about every event in your life. They're about all the little things and they're about all the, the big things. So that illustration is important because those are the things that happen every day. I find it's almost easier to have kindness and compassion in bigger situations than it is this little exchange of trying to, to haggle down a dollar to 50 cents. Clearly you need it more than me. If that's what, you know, that's what my mind is thinking. And, and how we can do that with each other, even in the church, Paul's saying it's there. That's why I'm addressing it. Because we do that to one another. We can take for granted the relationships that we have and kindness 
that gentle thoughtfulness of seeing someone can go out the window and then compassion, whoa, that goes out with kindness. I have very rarely seen someone be compassionate without the presence of kindness. So it's very challenging to do one or the other because they're both part of the same recipe. And then we get to forgiveness, which in the Greek means to show favor, to extend favor to someone. Ugh. I, maybe I'm in a grumpy mood this morning, but when I think of forgiving certain people that have hurt me deeply, now remember, when you think about these things, it depends on where you are with Jesus in that moment, because some days I'm like, yeah, I can forgive this person. And other days I'm like, no, I'm not going to do it. But to extend favor to those people that you've wronged you, is that not challenging? Think about, let's put it in perspective. When your kids, or people you know, but let's just say kids, if your parents, you have kids, and... Um, they're in their best behavior. I mean, this is a miracle day that's happening. They're listening to you the first time you say something. They are responding with manners. They are being thoughtful and intentional. I, I know this is a fictional story, but <laughs> let's just say, go here with me. All of those things are happening. Everything within you, even if half of those are happening, Everything within you, I have found, wants to bless them. Don't we do that? You've been great. Let's go get an ice cream. You've been great. Let's go do this. You've been great. Let's go. We want to reward that. We want to show favor towards that. And that's when the, the people we love the most unconditionally that could spit in our face and we would still love them, that's... <laughs> We can extend favor toward them, and it's the same favor we need to extend towards our enemies, towards people that shatter our trust, that take loved ones away. How do we forgive what was just happened in the last 24 hours in our country and all the things we haven't seen? How do we stand face to face in the presence of what we would call evil and forgive because of there was a cross there, <laughs> not because of the giraffe, but because of what Christ did. Paul is saying in the, the context of this, we have to extend to people kindness, compassion, and forgiveness, that which was extended to us because of the cross. It is a non-negotiable, and it is unconditional, and it doesn't say you're in, you're out. We decide that by choosing to be with Jesus or not be with Jesus. But Jesus is not saying, mm, I don't want you, I want you, I don't want you. He's not saying that he died for all people that would know him and receive his forgiveness, and it's our choice to do so. How do we extend that kind of favor as he did to us and he does on a daily basis, even in the small moments when we're disconnecting with him and we're going, this person's annoying me, a, a thick fleece, are you kidding me? And I've gone, well, with that attitude, I said, Jesus, you sit back here. I'm going to take care of this. <laughs> and he forgives me still. And there's been trillions of people, and he's created every one of them, and he's forgiven every one of their sinful decisions. How do we extend 
that kind of favor to all people that we encounter. You can only do that with Jesus. It's the only way. I've intentionally told Jesus to take a back seat sometimes when it comes to forgiving certain people that I just don't know how to. And sometimes I don't even want to know how to because that's how angry I am and hurt I am. But I've, if I've given my life to Christ, if I said, as Paul did in Romans 1, 1, I, Paul, saved Christ, I don't have the luxury to say to Jesus anymore, take a back seat. I don't have that luxury. I don't. I've given up that right. But I'm really good at trying to take it back. Paul's saying we can't do that to one another, especially in the church. Because if we're fighting amongst ourselves, what hope is there? If we do not stand with Jesus and reflect the love, goodness, and power of God. This is critical for us to practice within these walls towards one another, especially when we irritate one another, because it's going to happen if it hasn't happened already. I'm going to irritate you, if not already. <laughs> I will let you down, probably. How are you going to respond to me? How when someone you've built trust with over the last two years, oh, I, I'm looking for community, I'm here, I've got community, oh, this person hurt me. What do I do now? How do I extend kindness, compassion, and forgiveness when I feel that I've been wronged? Our inclination is to cut bait and, and run and look for an, a more utopian church family. But guess what? We take those issues with us no matter where we go because Jesus needs to be with us more than our baggage. He's, because if not, we'll never get rid of it. We'll never be healed of it. We'll never feel whole. And Paul is saying, we can't run anymore. We got to stop, be with Jesus, and let him lead us in a way that these things can happen so these other things don't because they're not life-giving. Sometimes when you preach on this stuff, it gets a little freaky. Because God designs things, sets things up in a way that can kind of freak you out when you're not looking for it. So I was praying about what to preach on today. And I hadn't gotten an answer. And I had a few things that I wanted to do, but they didn't feel right. And then this one was flirting in my mind, and my heart. And yesterday morning, it was confirmed because I did my homework. I mean, I know what the words mean in Greek. And, and there's something that's important to notice here is that compassion, and I wanted to save this, compassion, when you, uh, in the Greek, it's, it's two words put together. And the first one is good, means good. And the second one means visceral, your visceral guts. In the sense that, you are expressing a tender goodness from the very depths of who you are. That the, the most precious organs are inside your body, which is why they're inside your body. And compassion, what does, it do? what does it do? It draws out that which is vulnerable. It draws out from the very depths of who you are, that which is most precious, and we extend that to people. 
That's why sometimes I have a hard time with it because I've seen so many people that have the gift of mercy and compassion get manipulated or destroyed because they offer up this vulnerable sensitivity of care towards someone and people will take advantage of that. And then I get mad. And then I'm like, ooh, I want justice. And is anyone there with me? But it's this stuff about your, Greek says your intestines. And the visceral meaning, it's not something you can just think out. You feel it out. And for thinkers, it drives us nuts. Drives us nuts. What do you mean you feel this way? Doesn't mean we don't, thinkers don't feel, but when people are led by, oh, I just got a sense. Well, I need to know, right? It, Paul is talking about, well, whether you're a thinker or feel or not, this is how compassion works. It comes from here. It is something you sense and you feel feel with your entire being. And yesterday morning, we set out all our stuff on the uh, driveway. I'm going to try and get through this. And I go inside for a moment. And as I'm coming out, I hear uh, a, a man probably around my age talking to Shanna. And I swear at first glance, I see Shanna holding a baby. And I'm <laughs> I get really nervous at that point because I think we're done and going, no, who gave that woman a baby? <laughs> Why? What are you doing? <laughs> and she turns around like this. She goes, I got a baby. <laughs> and I'm like, no. <laughs> Kidding. And in her arms is this boy, 10 months, quiet, small, um, very small for his age. And he's looking at me, studying me, but not as if he's interested, just as if he didn't have a choice of what he was seeing or not seeing. <laughs> and it sounds funny, but I mean it in the most tender and deepest of ways, as if the Lord was looking at me through this boy. And it wasn't, oh, I got my hand caught in the cookie jar. It was that exactly what we talked about in kindness is that he saw me. And he's just looking at me. So I'm listening, I start talking to the guy and I said, well, and this is where it gets freaky. I said, well, how old is he? Well, he's 10 months. And he says, he's small for 10 months. He was born four pounds. And I said, really? He goes, yeah. And he was very chatty at first. And then as we got to the subject matter, he slowed down. And Shanna's still holding this baby, and I can't stop looking at this boy. I just, I have to keep looking at him, keep looking at him. He said, yeah, he was born with his intestines on the outside. Then I'm starting to go, snap. And it took four months to repair everything. He goes, as soon as the mom knew, he kept saying, my, my other half, as soon as she knew the road we'd be on, she left. And now the unfamiliar compassion starts settling in. And I'm looking at this boy. I can't, I'm like, how in the world? How in the world? Well, you wouldn't leave him. I'm just, you know, that's what I'm thinking, right or wrong. How? And as the man continues to talk, I begin to start to cry and I'm trying to hold it in because I can tell with him he's like he wants to be honest but at the same time it's 
you know, he's trying to get through it and I don't want to make it worse. And I can see Shanna, we can't make eye contact because she's got the boy in her arms and she doesn't get it either. And we are looking at each other and finally Sh Shanna hands over the baby. She leaves for a second and he's trying to do all this stuff. I said, can I hold him for you? He goes, absolutely. This kid was a rock. He was heavy. And I said, this kid is heavy. He goes, yeah, it's kind of weird. He's really, he was born in frailty. He's really small, but there's this strength about him. Now, how does this connect what we're talking about? Kindness, compassion in a world of violence and hatred is strength, not weakness. And forgiveness is strength not weakness. I don't know if this man forgave the mother of his kid, but he talked with, about her with grace. And I was seeing these elements at play all together through this child whose intestines were on the outside and put back in. And there's this strength and power about this little guy who looked at me with kindness. And he is a product of compassion. He's the literal manifestation of compassion, the visceral insides being exposed in the way to extend to someone as an act of kindness, forgiveness, grace and mercy. I encountered Jesus in a 10 month old baby who didn't have a chance and now is a miracle living understanding of kindness, compassion, forgiveness. I looked at a kid and you can just tell this with people. We looked at a kid that I don't think is going to be bombarded with this unhealthiness as he grows. I could feel the grace of God protecting him from the decisions that left him in an abandoned state. There was something that happened. I can't explain it, but I couldn't stop looking at him and I couldn't stop crying. I left, after they left, I left and Shannon and I cried in the kitchen. And the simplicity of a child, we saw the elements of what we're talking about in a, in a different way in a way that we can picture and see and understand. And that's the kind of thing, when Jesus was on the cross, he was filleted. Whatever we saw in the passion of the Christ, even historians say, were not accurate. They weren't graphic enough. It wasn't, it didn't show the severity of what Jesus went through. And we've never seen anything like that until we saw that movie. And yet, what do we see on the cross? We see kindness to the man on his right. We see compassion and forgiveness. Father, forgive them. There's forgiveness, compassion. They don't know what they do. And those were some of his last moments, breathing. And he exemplified exactly what Paul is saying. This is not something to live up to in this way of behavior. It is the very essence, the guts of who we are, the heartbeat of God within us. Forgiveness, compassion, kindness. They are all products and part of the recipe of love, which is him. And it's everywhere. 
If we would only stop and look and pay attention, be aware. Those 10-month-old kids, they have a story at 10 months that will wipe out a room. When people encounter us on the street, do they encounter what I encountered in that 10-month-old? Do they encounter that compassion and that kindness and that forgiveness? No matter what we think we're owed or what pain we might be carrying, can we learn day in and day out to connect? This is, these questions are about connecting with Jesus so that we can, we can exemplify that kindness and that compassion and that forgiveness in a way that will wipe out a room, that will change the heart of someone that wants to walk in a Walmart and do harm. They need to know the love of God, the kindness of God, and the compassion of God, and oh my goodness, the forgiveness of God within the church of Christ. They need to see it. Because no amount of law enforcement, no amount of correctional police, no amount of, of religious people are going to change the hearts. Only Jesus can do that. And so with every breath we take, people need to see that in that breath is the very heartbeat of Jesus Christ. And then the world will begin to change. The kindness, compassion, and forgiveness, may we bind them to our hearts as we walk with Jesus. Lord, we thank you and we praise you that you can take tragedy from shootings to a kid who was born without, yet you have restored. You can take those things and those people and restore them. Your love transcends our logic. It transcends our sense of justice. It transcends our desires. It transcends all of that. It changes us. It shakes us up. It turns us upside down until we're finally right side up with you. I pray in Jesus' name that everyone here, that we would continue to lean into you and connect with one another, go through the hard stuff, go through the good stuff, never give up, stay with you, and continue, and continue to model that kindness and that compassion and that forgiving spirit toward one another. Because whether we deserve it or not is irrelevant. You did not shower and you do not shower your love, kindness, and forgiveness and compassion upon us because we're deserving. We're not. You do it because you love us. Regardless. May we do likewise as we leave this place today. We thank you, Lord, and we praise you. We praise you that in you, Anyone and everyone can be redeemed. May we not lose hope because of the headlines of life and what it tells us. May we know that in you, there is always hope. And may we stay yoked to you in all things. In Jesus' name, amen. tears may fall, my song will rise, my song will rise to you. Though my heart may fail, my song will rise, my song will rise to you. While there's breath in my lungs, I will praise you, Lord. In the dead of night, I'll lift my eyes, I'll lift my eyes to you. Rise and lift my eyes and lift my eyes to you. While there's hope in this heart, 
Shadows I'll sing The joy of the Lord is my strength 